besides the school I've had enough for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play it Hey everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And uh, this is our Sunday edition, which is generally the longer edition um, of the two that we do in a week. We try and do a midweek one that's a little bit shorter for a short for those of you with a shorter commute. Uh, and we try and put out a, a little bit longer one on a Sunday or somewhere around the either the, <laughs> the end of the weekend or the start of the week. Yeah. Depending on uh, our own hockey schedules and stuff like that. Uh, and so the longer one uh, also includes a section where Scott Antcliffe uh, joins us to do something called Cliffy's Notes. And uh, Scott gives us a roundup of what's happening here in the uh, England Ice Hockey League, uh, the Elite League. And, um, and we'll be talking about some other stuff on there as well. Um, this episode, we wanted to add on a new section when we've got Cliffy on that we could all talk about. And um, I'm tentatively calling it Women's Hockey Gems. So um, all three of us, myself and Finn and Cliffy, have been um, had a dig around to try and um, speak some more uh, about women's hockey. And um, admittedly, up until recently, we didn't know a tremendous amount about, about it. It's especially hard to follow women's hockey over here. Uh, it's hard enough following just the NHL. Uh, so we did some digging and we got some info about that. Uh, we'll be talking about that along the way. What else we got, Finn? Uh, we've got the two Leafs games that happened since our last podcast. Oh, that's right. So um, on the day that we did the last podcast was the day that that night we played the Islanders. And then last night we had that game um, Buffalo against Buffalo. Uh, we have um, some stuff about uh, John Tavares Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then we've got some stuff about the newly acquired Nick Patan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was his first. Was it his first game last night? Yeah, first game. Also, uh, we'll talk was, more about yeah. that. Uh, and then uh, we've also got some debate kind of questions uh, that we want to talk about as well. Excellent. Okay. Uh, and as per usual, um, I'm going to kick things off uh, with uh, digging through the vaults of some of my own thinking about hockey. Uh, and one of the things that I was thinking about recently as we were loading some sticks into the car to go to the rink is um, curves on sticks. And... I this this was covered I think something to do with curves on the stick I think was mentioned on Steve Dangle um, not that long ago a couple months ago probably and they're talking about the fact that the you know there used to be this hard and fast rule um, about a, the size of a curve on a hockey stick and um, I remember it being basically you had to a, a dime which is the same size as a as a British five p. Um, oh really? When you laid it flat on the ground, it, the uh, at no point could a dime go underneath the curve, which uh, would be like a five p. And so that's essentially like a centimeter, ten mil, something like that. And so, of course, I I, I don't know what the uh, the current measurement is, but I know there is one. Uh, and the point of the the curve story is is that although I believe that there is still a rule, uh, it is not enforced. I don't think that anybody can really remember the last time that somebody was given a penalty for having too big a curve on their stick. And um, in fact, I've been looking around and I've seen some pictures on social media and stuff of some various sticks around. 
and some guys have some just insane curves and they're located in, in some pretty crazy places so i've seen some pretty wicked toe curves for example and um, guys that like to really go um, top shelf all the time but it, remem it reminded me that um, it used to be, when I was a kid, that uh, the only way to get the, a big, massive curve on your stick, you couldn't buy one. Stick companies were really conservative about this because in those days, uh, the uh, stick curve rule was really enforced. So, you know, having an illegal curve was equal penalty minutes. And so stick companies used to put out pretty conservative uh, curves. So when you got like, a, I don't know, Mike Bossy or something like that, you knew it probably wasn't as wicked as his actual curve. Um, but the good thing was, is because in those days sticks were made, or certainly sticks or, or the blade of the stick was still made out of wood covered in sort of a fiberglass, you could, uh, you could put a curve on, you could adjust the curve yourself. And um, so we used to do this, and if you look on YouTube, you'll find it all, all over the place. You used to do this a few different ways. Um, you, uh, the main way was to just warm it up over, uh, the, uh, this, your stovetop rings or whatever you call it. They call it a hob here in, uh, England, warm it up till it was super hot and, uh, then stuff it under the crack in a nearby door and bend it up and hold it into that spot until it cooled down again. And hey, presto, wicked curve on your stick. And, um, uh, I personally like to have a huge curve on my stick when I used to play, um, when I was younger playing more competitive hockey. And uh, the thing about sticks today is that um, in those days, sticks were expensive, but they weren't like stupid expensive. And um, they weren't, you know, when you think about the price of a stick, it wasn't uh, like it is today where, you know, fin sticks, my stick, we, we use, the whole family in fact uses tr uh, true uh, hockey sticks. Uh, from the XC series, we use uh, XC9s mainly, and uh, those are like 220 British pounds a piece, something like that, for a current model. And uh, you cannot, and they're an uh, all composite stick, <laughs> and in no way can you adjust that curve yourself. Now, I've, I've looked this up on YouTube as well, and I've seen some guys on there who've actually made like some little rigs, like little, um, I don't even know what you call it, like a little shimmy, shim type of thing. Uh, to try and reshape and show reshaping a composite stick. But uh, we experimented with an old composite stick, and it did not work. It was a total failure. It just snapped the blade. <laughs> well, basically, it folded the blade. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, because it has a foam core, um, you'd have to get the heating so right that you heated the whole thing all the way through without melting the foam core so that the whole thing was at the right temperature and then try and bend it up. And uh, I gave it a go um, with a cheap, well, not a cheap one, but one that we weren't using anymore. And uh, heated it up <laughs> old school over the stove to see if I could bend a curve into it. And it just basically folded a big crease into the blade and, and that stick was totally ruined. Um, but we do have, uh, we have sourced a few old wood sticks that are brand new. And uh, just to show Finn a little bit of the old school style, uh, we're going to experiment and try and put a wicked curve onto, uh, onto a wood stick and, and go through the process with Finn so you can see this sort of agony we used to go through when I was a kid. So stay tuned on that. We will um, probably shoot some videos and uh, take a few pictures and we'll put them up on the website and also on social media. They'll definitely be on Instagram. Uh, so if you want to see how it goes with our ex exploits of uh, putting some curves on some brand new wooden hockey sticks uh stay tuned and we'll be putting that out there later
Yeah, I mean, I'll probably even try and take it to training or something and take a GoPro, see how that, see you, how that works you for absolutely, me. <laughs> you absolutely should take one of these wooden sticks, brand new wood stick, we'll put a stupid curve on it, like see a totally sick says, curve, yeah. tape it up like you normally <laughs> would like a normal stick and just turn up with it one night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm off. I've hey, got guys. Yeah. Check out my new stick. Everybody <laughs> will want to have a go with it. Yeah. So uh, we might even do some fi- some filming of Finn turning up to his uh, training with uh, with an old Woody. Um, but yeah. we'll see. Um, before we move on, though, um, you were talking about the restrictions of a of a blade curve, and I've looked this up and I've got it on the official NHL rule site. Right. Okay. And uh, it's restricted to three quarters of an inch. Three quarters of an inch. So I'm guessing that's still around ten mil. Yeah. I mean, I think I got. I'm actually my three, three quarters of an inch. Yeah, maybe slightly larger than 10 mil. I don't know. I don't know what the metric conversion is. Right, take a look at that. We've got a ruler here. It's got inches on one side and millimeters on the other. So I'm going to say, so you said three quarters. That's actually getting on for 20 mil. Huh. That's yeah. a huge curve if you had one like that. Oh, uh, Have you seen, Um, I think it, is it uh, O'Reilly in the NHL? His stick. It's like a normal curve and then it's got like this little toe bit on the end like, kind of it's like a hook yeah have it's you seen that on yeah, yeah 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 that's the one, i think that's the one i was talking about super curve right at the very toe of a of a stick blade anyway so yeah stand by or stay tuned for our exploits in the world of messing about with, w- with yeah. wood hockey sticks we've got a few brand new uh woodies that we've sourced from somewhere and uh and we're gonna mess about with those and and we'll put it up on uh on instagram and stuff and we'll let you know here how we got on right Shall we talk about Leafs? Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the Isle game a bit? Yeah, yeah. As depressing as it is, let's let's talk about that. So, again, when we were last on, the very day that we were on, uh, we talked about three, was it three or four different Leaf games in that episode because the game seems to be coming hard and fast at the moment. And then that very night, we were uh, playing against the Oil- uh, Oilers. So, uh, or sorry, the uh, yeah, was it the Oilers? That night? No, the Islanders. Sorry, Islanders, I'm all yeah. confused. Uh, playing against the Islanders that night. And so uh, we didn't get to talk about it on the last episode, so we might as well kick it off with it this time. Uh, in short, it was uh, we got blown out. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got the score here, and we'll, uh, but we'll this talk is about the big, that in a sec. This is the big Tavares thing, right? Yeah, I mean... Oh. <laughs> um, uh, there, was a, there was a thing I saw on Instagram, which was... Um, uh, it it was it w- it's almost better to lose this game. So uh, so the Islanders people can like say, oh, we don't like John Tavares, but then that's it for that for forever, pretty much. This is the this is the this is their kind of Stanley yeah. Cup kind of thing. Give them a bit of closure on the issue or something. Yeah, like oh yeah, like our team's good. We don't need to mock him anymore. We've we've mocked him or whatever, and yeah, we'll he just he's gone. We played against him, and you know we beat them, so it's not an issue anymore. Yeah, so in that way, it was good. Um, but yeah, as, as you're saying, this was kind of a big thing for Tavares, um, and some of the stuff the Islanders fans did, like um, someone someone ran over a jersey in the street, and uh, like an old Tavares jersey, and then someone had 91 and stitched traitor over the over the <sighs> Tavares name tag. Yeah. So we ta- what we did talk about on the last podcast is that uh, dear John, um, uh, what do you call video montage that they put together. Uh, that was basically a bunch of New York Islander crybabies having a, a moan about and a sob about the fact that he he left. And so our take on that was, hey, the guy's from Toronto, you know. Uh, it's professional sport. People make decisions all the time. 
Um, you know, sometimes they're guided by money. Sometimes they're guided by who they want to play with. Um, sometimes they're guided by uh, where they want to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so the le- the least version of this was Kessel when Kessel left. He was our big guy. If you remember, we didn't we had no Matthews or Marner or Nylander, especially not Tavares. Um, but when when he left, I'm I'm we we were yeah we f- I'm pretty sure we followed that season kinda yeah. Um, but like we we went uh we we went like all that like super annoyed about it like these Islanders fans are about losing Tavares. No, not even uh, after the fact that he jumped ship, went straight to the Penguins, and they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we we didn't. And we he sucked we for us. Yeah, and we w- uh, no Leafs fans made a video mocking him or anything. No, no, there would have um, been some a bit of chirping here and there, but there was no big we hate Castle thing. Yeah, like. And any game you go to, even if, if even if the guy isn't even from that team and never played for that team, there's always going to be some kind of sign being held up, just trying to put off that like star player. Yeah, yeah. That that's just the nature of the game. For sure. That just the a giant photograph of a hot dog, for example. Yeah, but everyone does that, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they do for Kessel. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ev- not every fan fan base does that. No, you're right. Um, and when when Kessel came back, we we obviously all chirped him a bit, but then. Um, that then af- after that he was just kind of uh, ex Leaf guy. Thank you for being one of our players. Yeah, Islanders did the polar opposite. Yeah, they just you know. Anyway, we r- we ranted about it last time. Let's not let's let's not open that again. Um, but anyway, so this was the game that that uh, the first the first time back t- Tavares was back. Yeah, and on last thing I was going to say, so they they ended up did, uh, doing a tribute for him. Oh yeah, and as oh. they should, and yeah. as, as every team generally does. Yeah, oh. and um, I'm pretty sure about 95% of the f- of the crowd booed the whole thing, even when he ch- well, even when he went out to salute the fans. Yeah. Um, and uh, literally the only people that were clapping were the were his ex teammates that genuinely that were going over and saying like I'm really sorry this is all happening. Yeah, yeah, it says something because the players were all totally cool about it as they would be, you know, and uh, the fans were all well, a lot of the fans were um pretty rotten. But you know, he all he c- he could only possibly be thinking one thing, which is thank God I got out of here. You know, and now I play for a team that I love. That's my hometown team. Yeah. Anyway, so they turned up, and the game didn't go the way that we wanted to. Give us a breakdown of what happened. So for for once, the Leafs started on time. Um, with <laughs> you mean <laughs> the in inverted com or inverted quotes or whatever. Babcock's start. You need to start on time. I feel like starting on time literally ruins us. There, <laughs> every time yeah, we start yeah, on time, yeah. we end up losing. I mean, uh, looking at shots here, the shots were pretty even with 36-35 to New York. Um, but we started off the first period uh, 13 minutes, 33 seconds into the first. Uh, Zach Hyman uh, scores to make it 1-0, his 14th of the year, assisted by Mitch Marner and Ron Hainsey. Wow. Love Hainsey. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hainsey. Um, <laughs> and then it just kind of went downhill from there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, wha- what we did to the Oilers happened to us, pretty much. Yep. Um, Bovier of um New York uh scored uh to tie it one one. Uh that was the last goal of the fir- first period. I don't know when it was, but um I think it might have been Nylander and he had a goal called off due to an offside call. Oh that's right. Um but barring that, the first third of the game was going alright. You know, we uh ended the first period, tied at one, things are looking okay. Uh yeah. Second period uh didn't go too well. Uh under five minutes in Anders Lee uh, of New York uh, scores to make it 2-1. Ouch. Sezikas um, scores to make it 3-1 New York. Yeah, and it started to feel like it was slipping away. 
Yeah, and then it didn't help that with a minute left of the second period, Philpula, uh New York, scores to make it 4-1. Yeah, so those for, for those people counting, that's three unanswered goals. Uh, that four they, unanswered goals. Three unanswered goals that they scored in that period. Oh, in that period. I was going to say four unanswered goals through the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Um, Gosh. Third period. Leaf hater. Jeez. <laughs> carry on. Uh, Nick Letty. Oh, yeah. Uh, of New York scores to make it 5-1. Um, ju- just before we go on there, Matt Martin got an assist on that. He got an assist on Liddy's goal. Letty, yes. Letty. Letty wasn't, was Letty the guy that Conor McDavid rocked the other week and got suspended for? Oh, possibly. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was 33 seconds into the third period. Oh, okay. So that wasn't fun. No. Um, so we're, we're at 5-1. Uh, 5-1. And then uh, Brock Nelson... Uh, scores 8 minutes 41 seconds into the third period to make it 6-1 New York yeah and so that's when they finally let up that's when they stopped scoring and we continued to not score (laughs) we carried on the path that we were on which was the path to not scoreville yeah literally Um, I'm looking at the shots per period here yeah Leafs outshot New York 13-10 to in the first yeah uh, New York outshot us f- uh, fifteen to fourteen, which isn't actually bad. It's one shot off. Yeah. But yet they scored three goals. So who who did just jumping in here? Who who did Islanders have in goal? Uh Robin Leonard. All oh, right. Okay. Gosh, he played a game. Yeah. Yeah. He got third star. Yeah. Well, and rightly so with those stats. Yeah. And so then Leafs opened up on him with our massive shoot barrage of shooters. And he kept all bar one goal out. Yep. That was pretty good. Pretty good performance. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. There were, there was one uh, least penalty. Yeah. Austin Matthews. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what did he get that for? Tripping somebody? Interference. Oh, right, okay. Same, on, same thing. On Lame. Robin Lehner. Lame. Yeah. And that was, um that power play uh, didn't do anything. No. New York, uh, Phil Pula hooking against Patrick Marlowe. Right. Uh, we also didn't score on that. Nothing happened. Nothing on Leo us. Leo Komarov, ex ex Leaf there, mm-hmm. uh, holding against Austin Matthews, and they scored a shorthanded goal. Yeah, that was a poor game for us. Yeah. I'm gonna admit it. But anyway, um, like we said in the beginning, sort of hopefully some closure for the uh, Islander fans who have the have um a twist in their knickers about uh, Tavares and we can all move on from there. So anyway, that game sucked. Yeah, we didn't play too well. No, uh, which is odd for us because uh, again, it was one of those ones where I sort of, every every Leaf fan was thinking, it was like a Habs game, right? In in a way, in that every Leaf fan's thinking, God, I'd just love to destroy this team tonight and uh, because of the Tavares. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't, well, it wasn't to be. Uh, so we came away with our tails between our legs there. You got another, something else on that? Yeah, so first off, that ended it. We had a three-game winning streak there. Yes, that's right. We had a mini streak going. Um, with scoring more than, f- uh, more than uh, five or more goals every game. Wow. So our scoring was on. Yeah, well, they certainly and then it ripped wasn't. the carpet out from under us there. Saying that, Sparks was in net. Backup goalies in net. Right. Uh, oh, Sparks was in that for that game oh yeah because um leafs nation was opening up about all that yeah why would you why would you white when you play sparks against a uh, less good or less skilled team yeah of edmonton yeah 
and, and then stick him in there against those guys. Yeah. And he sieved up. Well, yeah, he's he's a backup goalie for a reason, right? Well, yeah. Okay, let's not get on a yeah. spark, spark no, hate. no spark hating here. Um, but yeah, uh, Anderson played the night before right. against Edmonton. Yeah, uh, where we where we won six two. I don't see that's this is something else we should cover um, in more in depth another time, which is this whole business about your backup goalie isn't really your backup goalie; he's like your alternate goalie. So um, even though there's actually nothing wrong with your f- starting goalie, you get you're in a into a routine of sitting your starting goalie every other game. So you actually have two starting goalies. You just play them in order. Do you know what I mean? Well, that uh, the Leafs only do it on a on a back to back, but still on a back to back, you know, it, you basically Freddie plays a game. Fr- you know, Freddie plays a game tonight. He plays brilliant. Yahoo, great. He's probably tired. Newsflash: So was everybody else. Yeah, but you know, you say to Freddie, "Hey, great game, man. How are you feeling?" Yeah, great, coach. You know, injured? No. Tired? Well, yeah, a little bit, but you know, we'll all sl- have a sleep before tomorrow's game, just like everybody else, just like Austin and Mitch and all those guys. And uh, oh, okay. Well, are you all right to start tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, yeah, coach. But there's none of that. Instead, it's automatically on a back-to-back. Sparks goes in, and you're right. He's meant to be our backup goalie. But if you're playing him, um as uh, your policy on playing um, your goalies is you don't play them two nights on a back-to-back. Well, that's not a backup goalie. That's just an alternate goal. You have two goalies. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah that, that, is, that is a good point. However, always, it'll always come back to the fact that if the Leafs are going to try and go deep in the playoffs, which I'm sure they're going to, especially with all, all, the, move they've, all the moves they've made this year, they look sick. They're still... One of the easily one of the best teams in the league, better than the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, Anderson stands on his head all through. Yeah. He say he twists his ankle or something, and he's un- he's unable to play his best. And you need him for the rest of the playoffs. Say you're in second second round, you're in fifth game, you're yeah. up, you're up, you're up, uh, you're up like three. Yeah. In the fifth game, and but he's twisted his ankle. He can't play to his best of ability. And if you're wanting to continue on in the playoffs, you're going to want him. So you're going to want him to rest. Then yeah. that is when you're going to have to use some your backup goalie. Yeah, so you're describing a typical backup goalie scenario there. Yeah, but he's fresh from the uh, from the AHL though. So like last season, he played in the AHL all season. So we, well, I think so. The argument you're making is that we need to give Sparks as much game time as we can ahead of the playoffs to make sure he's you know up for it when we need him. Yeah, it's, it's the same as um, pretty much any minor minor league team. If you think about it, if they if you if, if there's a minor league team with two goalies, yeah, your best goalie always plays uh, when you're playing the harder teams. Yeah, uh, and then when you're playing a challenge game or you're playing uh, less uh, skilled teams, then you put in your other goalie to give them the experience that they need. So that and they're, the, I'm more so confident practiced for when you actually need them. Yeah, because if if, if Sparks yeah. is going to sit like every game so and then play against the Islanders instead of and then Freddie plays sick against all the other teams and then gets put against Edmonton, yeah, is he's he's probably not even that tired because it's Edmonton. Yeah, we destroyed Edmonton, so pretty we pretty much always had the possession. Yeah, he would have had to save like thirty shots because that's but that's like that's what's expected from a goalie, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and a a, a point uh that uh Steve Dangle brought up was that um that what you you uh you can't like start backing up goalie up saying uh oh he but he still made big saves right now in this league at this very t- at this very moment in time that's what it's that's 
unfortunately what it's what is expected from your uh, your starting goalie. That's what expe- is expected from the goalie that they're yeah. making big saves all night consistently. Yeah. That's why you have someone like Anderson, who pro- who I th- I think should have probably played in the New York game because that's when we needed him most. Yeah, me too. So, well, okay. So uh, in there somewhere, I think that you're making the ar- the traditional argument for what I would say is a traditional backup goalie policy. But what I'm saying is is that all those rules sort of are off when you're just you're just saying you know arbitrarily every time we have a back to back we put we're going to play two different goalies on two you know we're going to play a different goalie on each night whereas i i suppose maybe the argument that i'm making is that you would have had freddy start and start a game and play the whole game through and if he was fit i'd start him again and then if that game was going all right then maybe throw your backup guy in for some practice you know halfway through that game or whatever but you know, Babcock at the moment is playing them as if they're both starting goalies, and you know, uh, in my opinion, they're not. Yeah, and, and we and we get burned. You know, th- this is what I'm saying about this is his first proper season as a backup goalie in the National Hockey League. Like uh, he he came up a couple times when back when we had Bernier and Reimer, if you That's remember. Right. Yeah, I remember. Bernier uh, injured himself, so Sparks was the backup goalie, and he th- he had that crazy debut of ha- getting a shutout against Edmonton. That's right, six nil. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is his first season as a proper backup goalie. After uh, yeah, 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 yes, he played sick in the AHL. He won goaltender of the year. Yeah, he's a good goalie. I'm not. I'm not saying he isn't. Yeah, but this this is his this is his first season. We can't, you know, I I I, I kind of agree with what you're saying is that um we should probably be playing Anderson more because this is what is is expected from him because yeah. he's the starting goalie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then again, as a you should probably be playing him against less uh, uh Sparks against less skilled teams. Yeah. Every every now and then. Uh, maybe not. Maybe even if it isn't a back-to-back, just put him in a couple times against less skilled teams, so at least he still gets the game yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. The he's not. He's got a shutout or two. Exactly, and build build his confidence a bit, because all goalies nowadays are all confidence goalies, and this is what we were talking about with um Cliffy a couple of weeks ago, if you remember. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, so let's taper it off. We've been talking about that goalie thing for ages, but I mean, in the at the end of the day. Uh, we started Sparks arbitrarily just because it was a back-to-back and Babcock said, okay, well, we'll put Sparks against the Islanders. Sparks gets totally blown out, which got uh, which is going to be suck for him, right? A total confidence cr- crusher. Freddie's got to sit on the bench and watch him get blown out, knowing that he's perfectly fit and could be in the game. And, uh, and the team in general loses a huge loss, you know? Um, uh, that's a big, you know, powerful loss for us. Uh, so anyway, I would just say that um, hopefully Babcock's got his eye on that whole goalie plan, and w- you know we'll, we'll uh, navigate a bit more flexibility as we get further towards and into the playoffs. But anyway, so let's let's that's enough on that on the Islanders game. Okay. Um, and so, but it was a t- since we since we were last on, it's a tale of two games because that we got blown out, and then we played against um, last night. We played against Buffalo which we were talking about in the uh, podcast last time. So we went, um, were we home to Buffalo? Yeah. Uh, God, we watched the game on t- TV and, uh, you know, drew blank there. Yeah. So um, home to Buffalo and it was, yep. uh, it was a great game. Yeah. Uh, I, I skillfully fell asleep in the second intermission from when the second <laughs> period ended. I was about to go to bed and fell asleep. Yeah. And then woke up just as the third period was starting, which is actually a skill. And the same. It's embarrassing to say, but, you know, once again, and we say this almost every time, remember the games for us start at midnight at the earliest. 
Sometimes they start later. Uh, quite often they start at 12.30. Sometimes it's even later. Um, so, you know, depending on the kind of day you've had, what I tend to do is I'll, wa- I'll be watching g- a game of hockey and I'll be like, Yahoo, we're winning. And then I'll sort of uh, drift off and then <gasps> I'll wake up like t- 10 minutes later. I'm like, oh, my God, we're losing. What's <laughs> happening or whatever? So uh, anyway, but um, that game was uh, an excellent game. And uh, give us a rundown of, of how the scores worked uh, um, worked their way out. So I think uh, th- I think after the whole uh, Islanders loss, um, we kind of needed uh, need to uh, gain some more confidence again. Um, one man in particular, uh, he scored the first goal. He had the the mayor pretty much gave him a day, done like literally dedicated to him. Yeah, he goes by the name of John Tavares. Yeah, excellent. So a great uh, result there. After all of that nonsense that we talked about to do with uh, Islanders, he opens up the scoring last night, and it was just perfect timing and a, and a great goal. Yeah, so John Tavares opens the scoring 4-20 into the first period, uh, making 1-0 Toronto, uh, with assists going to Mitchell, Marner, and Martin Marincin. Or Marincin, yep. whatever you call <laughs> it. <laughs> Whichever way you are inclined. Yeah, when I was watching AHL highlights on this guy, they, everyone was calling Marincin, and then the announcer last night was calling Marincin. Oh yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how uh, that works. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Leafs go first. Uh, John Tavares is thirty seventh goal of the season. That's awesome. Career high. Yeah. No, he's having a great, great season. Yeah. Um. Next goal. Uh. Fortunately, uh, Buffalo six minutes in. Uh. So just over a minute after uh, the Leafs scored. Uh. Jason Pominville. Um. Tying it one one. Awesome. Well, not awesome, but good Jason. for him. <laughs> Uh, next goal, Connor Sherry, which was that really odd one that ba- it bounced odd. Oh yeah. And then like, it was like Anderson kind of should have had that because he like backhanded it to dump it in for a change. Yeah. From like almost the blue line, and, and it just um, bobbled in. Or it something. just yeah, it just went in. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but yeah, that was uh, seven thirty-four, a minute and thirty-four seconds after their last goal, uh, making it two-one Buffalo. Right. And then. Keeping uh keep tying up the game again. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sixteenth goal of the year. Twenty seconds left in the first period. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Good to see Riley on there. Yeah, he hasn't hit. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure I've seen him score in a while. Okay. Well, and no. Yeah. He's been getting points, but he hasn't scored in a while. Yeah, no. It's, uh, he was. He wasn't. Great, he, he was a great playmaker. <laughs> wasn't he on that like scoring pace that he was like beating most forwards in the league, like yeah. most elite forwards? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he scored his 16th goal of the year, assisted by Austin Matthews and Ron Hainsey. Love Hainsey. Right. Uh, we need to keep moving along because we got to get Cliffy on the phone here in a few minutes. Yes. So if you remember, it's tied two-two. Yep. Final score is five two. Yeah, okay. Which so is just it's just nice looking at all these logos here. Yeah, yeah. Um next, Nick Patan. Oh yeah, new guy. So he scores his first goal in his first game as a Maple Leaf. Doesn't and that, that doesn't that always happen? It's happened with Muzzin as well. Yeah. <laughs> you start with the Leafs, you're guaranteed a goal your first game. Oh. There you go, it's a little gift. Welcome we'll to the Leafs. It, we'll make it happen. Welcome uh, aboard. I'm literally looking at this now. He played thirteen games with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Didn't have a goal. Plays one game with the Leafs and gets a goal. Bangs one in. Yeah, okay. Well, welcome <laughs> to Toronto. Yeah, take just take a goal. <laughs> okay. um, that's uh, assisted by Trevor Moore. Call right. AHL call-up. Oh, yeah. He's doing all right. Yeah, I like Moore. Hanging in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, making that 3-2 Toronto. Yep. 
Another guy who hasn't scored in a while, Nikita Zaitsev. Oh, yeah. Zaitsev gets one. Assisted by Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Yep, excellent. And the last one? Mitch Marner. Mitch, gets one. Uh, so em- it was an empty net goal uh, for his 23rd goal of the season. Assisted by John Tavares okay. and Jake Muzzin. All right. So three points for JT and three points for Mitchie. Is that right? Three points for JT. Three points for uh, Mitchie. I think two assists and a goal. Three points for Mitchie. And then loads of people with a point. With a point. Uh, so a great win for us last night, which is which is nice. Yeah. Uh, especially after the uh, shambles that was the um, Islander game. Uh, but listen, we should... Uh, Jump off the Leafs for a minute and uh, get Cliffy on the phone and uh, and see what's happening around the leagues here. Uh, should we get him on the phone? Okay, then. All right. Cliffy's notes. Hey, so this is the part of the show where we get our mate uh, Scott Antcliffe to join us. Uh, we call it Cliffy's Notes, and uh, I think we got Scott on the line there. Scott, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, guys. Hey, great to have you back on again. Uh, it's been a while, I think a little bit more than a week this time because we had such a hard time getting our uh, last podcast out. Um, but it's great to have you back. Uh, Scott y- usually comes on and talks to us um, uh, about a few things and, and normally about the Elite League here or the EIHL. Uh, Scott, what's happening around the leagues since we spoke last? Uh, yeah, it's been quite busy in the Elite League. Um, there's been plenty of games this weekend. Um, the Sheffield Steelers, the team who I follow, um, have had a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde weekend, but that kind of sums up, I guess, the season, what the Steelers have had. So I'll go through some of the scores from last night, cool. and then I'll go through some of the scores from tonight. So uh, last night, um, the Coventry Blaze lost 2-0 to Cardiff. Uh, the Glasgow clan beat Guildford 5-3. Manchester Storm beat Dundee Stars 4-2. Uh, the Milton Keynes Lightning built, um, beat the Nottingham Panthers 4-3 in a shootout. Wow. And the Sheffield Steelers won Belfast 4-1. Wow. Um, so that, that was a big result for the Steelers, particularly with Belfast, obviously, second in the table, uh, just two points behind Cardiff with um, Cardiff having a game in hand. So that was a, a huge result for the Steelers with a great, uh, really good performance. However... Fast forward 21 hours, uh, there was an early face-off in Cardiff for the Steelers tonight. Right. And many fans were fairly optimistic. I mean, not so much about winning Cardiff because they're you know, an, an outstanding team, but of a much-improved performance. And yeah. then, unfortunately, um, it didn't go the Steelers' way, and they lost 6-0 to Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty brutal, though, to, to think about. A, uh, so a back-to-back is brutal enough, but back-to-back against the second-place team followed by the first-place team, that's a brutal schedule. Oh, absolutely, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a baptism of fire, I guess, and all the points now for the Steelers are crucial, Yeah. Um, more so because we're in the hunt for a playoff spot and to, um, to try and solidify our place in the playoffs. So right now, the Steelers are trying to battle it out for playoff places because between um, Sheffield, Fife and Manchester, and Coventry even, um, there's only six points separating those teams with about ten games to go. That's tight. So... Yeah, so it's pretty tight, and um, the top eight teams make the playoffs, and um, there'll be four teams, um, no, three teams, sorry, missing out who won't make the playoffs. So it's pretty tight, but then it goes on seeding. So, for example, Cardiff, 
in first position. Yeah. If they uh, finish in first, they will play the eighth place team. Belfast in second will play the sixth place team. Uh, Glasgow, who are currently in third, will then play uh, the um, the. Oh, I might got that wrong. Sorry. Uh, Belfast will play the seventh place team. Yeah. Glasgow in third will play the sixth place team, and then the fourth and fifth place teams will play each other. So obviously, if you're a Sheffield Steelers, you're ideally wanting to avoid playing a Cardiff and a Belfast in the playoff yeah. quarterfinal. Yeah. And even Glasgow, for that matter, because they've had our number all season and we've not fared too well against Glasgow clan. However, um, it's a case of do you try your best to see out the rest of the season, make your way up the table, but you could potentially um, you know, get dealt a tricky um, a, a tricky tie for the playoff quarterfinal against the Cardiff or a Belfast? Yeah. Or do you strategically, um, I don't know, lose a game or two here and there? Play for the middle. So that Yeah, so you, you go for the middle seeding, so you've got more chance of getting through to the playoffs. So it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so where, sorry, where are the uh, Steelers sitting right now? The Steelers are currently in sixth position. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of games going on at the minute as we speak, which are yet to conclude because they will later face off time. So I'll talk you through the scores from tonight. So cool. um, Belfast won Manchester 5-2. Um, obviously, the Steelers got a shutout against Cardiff. So that's two shutouts for Ben Bounds, the Great Britain international netminder this awesome. weekend. He is, he's, he's outstanding. Um, Nottingham um, beat 5-4-3. And between Dundee and Coventry, it's currently free all in the third period. And Glasgow are currently 1-0 up against Guildford in the second period. Cool, cool. So, wow, so loads of great hockey action this weekend for uh, for the Elite League. Mm, absolutely. It's, um, it's the business end of the season now, so it's getting busy towards the end of the season, amping up towards the playoffs. Yeah. Um, there's also the Challenge Cup final um, which will be taking place in a couple of weeks down in Cardiff. So that's Belfast against Guildford in the final. Right. Um, so Cardiff failed uh, to make the final on their home ice. So I don't know how that will affect the crowds because Belfast have got obviously quite a distance to travel to get over to Cardiff. And then Guildford have got a, you know, a shorter journey. However, um, you know, it's a lot to ask, uh, I guess, a fan base for a one-off game um, in a neutral venue. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that impacts upon attendance at the, the only arena in Cardiff um, and see, I guess, it'll be interesting to see who, who wins because Belfast are obviously on a tear at the minute and Guildford are a very offensive-minded team. They've got, I think, five players in the top 10 point scorers in the league in Guildford. So yeah. they're a, a very offensively stacked team. And so, what uh, what are they looking like on the defense, though? What are the score lines? Yeah, they've, like? yeah the, the, it's, it's normally games um, quite high scoring games. Yeah. Um, so they tend to be games what uh, you know, I guess scores like six four and games yeah. like that. So I guess it's the high risk, high reward style. So you you negate some of the defensive side of the game by being so offensively minded. Yeah. Um, but they've got, you know, great net minding as well. Um, they've got solid D with two of their defensemen also in those top 10 point scorers in the league. They've got a guy called Cali Ackerud, who's probably the, the best defenseman in the league um, in terms of his overall offensive game. And uh, their captain, a guy called Jesse Craig, who's also a, a solid defenseman. And I think he currently sits about sixth in points in the league as well. So um, very, you know, offensive minded team, but very good defensively as well when they're not going for the gunko um, all, all out style. Everybody up, yeah. 
Awesome. That's really great. So um, where, so j based on what you're saying there, uh, coming back to Steelers, so your, I'm guessing your hopes then are to be somewhere around fourth or fifth place at the end of, uh, of regular. Ideally, yeah, because, I mean, currently now Steelers are in the sixth, in the sixth spot behind Guildford, um, whereas Guildford have got a game on hand but the two points in front. So a draw potentially against a... Nottingham, who are currently in fourth, could be you know a, a good um, a, a good route for the Steelers to, to go down because Nottingham, uh, we've we've had their number all season, even though they're our rivals, uh, we beat them four times out of six this year um, so far. So um, if anyone out of the teams who we could potentially face, I think Nottingham would be lesser of the uh, evils, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So um, so a decent uh, going to, uh, you know it'd be a decent test. Uh, yet one that you'd hope to win and uh, and get through to the next round and having been tested uh, but not beaten. Whereas if you end up being at sort of the uh, the bottom end of things, you end up going against somebody who's uh, probably too tough too soon and, and end up crashing out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now for the Steelers, it's it's a good. Um, it'll be good to go out on a high. Hopefully, make their final four playoff weekend in Nottingham, um, but then look to rebuild for next season because it's not been a great season um, by all accounts. And um, you know the ownership and um, the head coach Tom Barrasso. It seems as if he's um, now resigned himself to potentially not coming back um, through. Um, what's been said in the press recently? Really? Um, and and the fact, yeah, he with Barrasso, he's come from a more traditional North American setup where yeah. he's purely a coach, and a lot of coaches in the elite league also take on the general manager responsibilities of having to recruit a team. Yeah. Whereas Tom Barrasso is pretty much stipulating in his contract that he is just coming for a coaching role yeah. and he doesn't want to recruit players. So that then kind of leaves the Steelers with a bit of an issue of um, who, who is will be, be recruiting yeah. Yeah, the team for next season. So, I mean, I, I don't have any doubts that Barrasso has you know, extensive contacts in North America with his, you know, his playing resume in the past and being a, um, a Vezina uh, trophy winner, yeah. two times all-star Stanley Cup champion. Yep. However, you know, if he doesn't want to, I guess, recruit a team, then the Steelers currently, um, since Barrasso came in in um, November, um, in fact, he came in in October, sorry, um, have the recruiting has been left to... Um, the owners essentially yeah. so and and to be fair to the owners they've not really got a hockey sort of recruiting background so that had i guess leave questions over who who's going to do the recruiting next year and i think if it's the same setup then i think fans even though they do like barrasso and his coaching style i think they'd um sort of struggle to support someone else doing the recruiting yeah, and so I'm guessing that there isn't much of like a scouting network attached to a team then. Um, not particularly, no. There's not that kind of infrastructure in the UK, and a lot of that, I guess, is down to things like budgets and things like that. Sure. Um, a lot of sort of, a lot of how it is um, recruited is is through players, um, through players' agents, and a lot of agents approach teams and say, "Oh, this player's uh, interested in potentially coming over to the UK." What can you offer? Yeah. And then that's when teams will look into that player, uh, whether it's through sort of um, previous teammates who played with him, who have also, I guess, played for Steelers or have got contacts 
within the Steelers organization. It tends to be through more word of mouth and through recommendations of former players, coaches, and things like that, as opposed to actual scouts. So it's it's more about who's available first, rather than yeah, who, who a team might want. Yep, so pretty much, um, yeah, who's available, and um, I guess what sort of player is suited to, to the team, and um, how they'll fit in with coaches' systems and, and things like that. Uh, that's really interesting, and that explains a lot, you know, my knowledge of how how the mechanics of things work in uh, in elite teams here, or just you know pro teams in in general, uh, is pretty weak. And um, it reminds me of when we were uh, following the Swindon Wildcats, who yep. I know aren't, aren't in the elite league, uh, but they they had a, a great Canadian player turn up uh, one year, a guy called um, Carlo Finucci. Oh yeah. And he was great, and uh, we loved him. Great player and everything else, but he was just—he just sort of came, no ceremony, no ceremony around it. Uh, had a good, solid season, scored a bunch of goals, and was gone. And um, mm. you know, it will be, you know, because of that sort of situation that it was sort of like, well, wh- whoever he or if he had an agent or whatever at that level, I don't know. Somebody put out the word that hey, you know, I'm available to play a, a season over in in uh, the UK found a spot, came over, probably didn't particularly like it, and buggered off again, you know? Well, uh, Fenucci, uh, incidentally, is actually now playing in um, Fife in the Elite League. So I believe he's in his uh, second season with Fife. That's awesome. I wondered where he ended up. Um, so, and how's he doing? Do you know offhand? Yeah, he's doing really well. Um, I don't know his sort of statistics off the top of my head, but I think he's ranking in the top sort of 20 point scorers in the league so i'll just um i'll just have a little check yeah Um, we really we really liked him i remember he was a little guy too of of uh Mm. fairly short in stature probably maybe i would say topping out at around five nine maybe something like that Um, yeah but powerful uh player and um you know just had that sort of freshness from uh, uh, fresh toughness from playing in the in North American League. So no, it's great to hear that he's still here somewhere. I think Absolutely. he's a Vancouver guy. But, yeah, uh, he's from Burnaby, Burnaby, right, BC. Yeah, 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 which is a suburb. So, uh, yeah, he's thirty-two years old. I've just uh, pulled up his stats. He's um, recorded forty-eight points in forty-eight games. Uh, for 13 goals and 35 assists. So he's on point a game in the Elite League, which is, uh, you know, certainly some good going. That's excellent. So I guess that story is then he must have said, yeah, I'm available to come over and play some hockey. Uh, came over and had a successful season with the Wildcats. And then while he was here, mm-hmm. saw, ooh, there's, you know, he probably, you know, made a connection with the, the top flight and uh, made his way onto five. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, listen. During the Cliffy's Notes section, while we've got you on, um, I wanted to uh, start um, talking some more about women's hockey, uh, and we've been mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about it every every time that we've we've been on. But I really want to start to dig into it more, and um, admitting my own sort of naivety about these things, I want to understand how the leagues are set up, and you know who to watch, and what teams to watch, and that sort of thing. So I know that we mentioned to you that we were going to take a look at some of these things this week and, and do some digging around and see what we could find out about women's hockey with an eye to talking about it tonight and then maybe starting to, um, d- you know, covering some of the results and, and leagues a bit more in the future. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to kick off with um, talking 
uh, really quickly about the NWHL. And uh, Cliffy, I know you got some some stat, some interesting stats and stuff. And Finn, I think you looked into the uh, CWHL. Yep. So the uh, I'm going to start with the NWHL really quickly. So that's the National Women's Hockey League. So um, it's like NHL with the, the W stuck in the middle. And so it's focused in the States and um, it's headquartered in New York City. And um, it has a pretty small roster, actually. I think there are there are five teams in the NWHL. Uh, and those teams are uh, the Boston Pride, uh, obviously in Boston, Buffalo Buttes in Buffalo, New York, uh, Connecticut Whale, not Whalers or Whales, the Connecticut Whale uh, from Stanford, uh, the Metropolitan Riveters from Newark, New Jersey, and uh, the Minnesota Whitecaps uh, from St. Paul. And um, they, they collectively in that League of Five teams play for, I believe, the Isabel Cup, is the is the um, gong that they're after and um the uh, most notable player that i know of at the moment is one kendall coin who uh, mm-hmm. was the uh fat um, was in the fast skate competition in the all-star league and blew the doors off people there and she plays for the uh, minnesota whitecaps so we're going to keep our eyes uh, start keeping our eyes on the nwhl going forward and uh and see how things are going going there um Right, let me throw it over to Scott. You got any interesting stuff on women's hockey? Yeah, well, um, I guess in the UK they have, um, well, in the UK they have um, the Premier League, uh, the Women's Premier League. So in Sheffield, there's the Sheffield Shadows, who are one of the most successful uh, female teams here in the UK. And um, they've had several GB internationals um, play for the team uh, over the years. One of them was a former university teammate of mine who I played with, a lady called Catherine Wiggins. Awesome. And um, yeah, and Kat, her older, bu- older brother, played in the EPL, a guy called Chris Wiggins. So they've got the family connection there. That's um, awesome. The, the EPL, which is, I guess, the now redundant uh, league of the uh, now, I guess, known as the NIHL, which is the second tier of British uh, ice hockey. Right. Um, but the Sheffield Shadows, very successful team. But I had a little uh, little look around and um, found some interesting um, just bits of uh, information about female players overall. There's a lady who played for the Finnish national team called Rika Valila, um, and she play for the women's national team uh, for Finland, even at 42 years old. And she was the top scorer. And she wasn't just, yeah, she wasn't just um, talented at hockey. She was a four-time national Finnish champion at a sport called Bandy. And she was also voted Finland's player of the year in a sport called Pesapalo, which is uh, similar to baseball. And she was um, the player of the year on three occasions. So an absolute, um, you know, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, playing for the late female um, team, national team at 42. That's incredible. And just tearing it up. And then there's a, a lady who played um, for the U.S. national team, um, a lady called Angela Ruggiero, who uh, appeared on the NBC um, show The Apprentice. Um, but after she re- she did pretty well and received a job offer from now president Donald Trump, Oh, and no uh, she, dec- yeah, yeah, she declined the offer <laughs> in order to focus on preparing for um, the two, uh, 2010 Olympics. And she's also sort of played golf with him. No and way. every so often, Trump apparently periodically mails her 
newspaper clippings about her successors, which she would autograph. So very, uh, very <laughs> random. But yeah, that interesting. Is random. That is random. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome stats. Any more? Um, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a few more. Um, trying to uh, Daryl Sittler, he um, is my favorite all-time Leaf. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, there's uh, yeah, Daryl Sittler. He um, no NHL player scored six goals in a game since Daryl Sittler did uh, for the Leafs in 1976. But in January um, of 2012, a Russian sniper, a female player called Olga Sasina, set a new domestic record when she scored six goals and had a free assist. Uh, yeah. In a win for um, her team, Agidel uh, Agidel Ufa, which is a strange name, it, it in is. a 15-3 route over SK Svedlovsk Oblast. That's amazing. <laughs> My, uh, Russian pronunciation is not great, but um, she it's was also amazing. yeah, she was also Russia's top scorer with three goals and two assists in the Women's World Championships in Malmo in 2012 as well. That's amazing. So that that super game that she played was a nine-pointer, six goals and three assists. Mm. That's incredible. Yep. What an incredible athlete. Uh, yep. Amazing, amazing, cool. Um, Finn, do you want to talk about, uh, jump in with some Canadian stuff? Yeah, okay. So I looked up the CWHL. Uh, we've got a couple facts in the teams. So there are six teams. Uh, CWHL is uh, Canadian Women's Hockey League. Yet there are four Canadian teams, one USA team, and one Chinese team. That's weird. Oh. I love that sort of thing, though. That's, that's actually so cool. Yeah. So we have Calgary Inferno. Right. Oh, yeah. So they, they came up when, um, again, some of the um, hockey players that ca um, came Ooh. and joined the All-Star game, I believe Brianna Decker uh, plays for Calgary. Are you, what, yep. are you, what are you looking up there, Finn? Oh, I thought I might have it. Because uh, we did it a while ago. What the list? Uh, yeah. Oh people. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll dig that out next time. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Decker plays for uh, Calgary. Yes. Yeah, so we also have uh, Les Canadiens de Montreal. Oh yeah. Uh, Montreal team. Uh, Markham Thunder. Okay. So Markham B is near Toronto. Uh, Toronto Furies. Oh yeah. So are they actually affiliated? Is that how it works? Are these teams affiliated with the uh, men's team? I do you know? don't know off that, the top of my head. A, unless, unless you know, Scott, that's a detail we'll dig into for next time. Yeah. No, unfortunately, my I don't know either. My um, I mean, I'm certainly still developing my knowledge of yeah, um, yeah, we'll, the, the female game. We'll get there, and so that because the Canadians team they they play in Canadians colors, and I know the Toronto Furies are blue and white. Yeah. So, um, okay, is that was that the league? Did you get through the uh, league? No, uh, we have the Chinese team, the oh, yeah. Shenzhen KRS Vankarees. <laughs> wow. wow. Where are they based? In, in China? I think so. I don't know. I think so. That's a hell of a commute for a game. <laughs> That's pretty big. We're well, going to USA and all over Canada as Man. well. Yeah, they must have it. They mu their team must squat somewhere in, s in a rink somewhere, you'd think. Um, and yeah, they, they must be based in somewhere in Canada and then be just be like a pure Chinese team, I, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. And then we have the Worcester Blades of USA. Okay. Worcester. Where's that, Scott? Is it, do you know? Uh, I should know. New York. Worcester I think. is. is that New yeah, York? I think it's uh, upstate New York, upstate I believe. New York or something? Right, so it's small leagues. So that, that league had how many teams? Six teams. Six teams. The uh, NWHL has five teams. Uh, and then there's and there's other 
uh, leagues for sure as well, pro leagues, and um, and we'll talk some more about those next time. Um, but this is interesting. I'm really enjoying it. And um, oh, what do you got? Uh, else I, I, I still got a couple more things here. Oh, sorry. So we have the HQ is in Toronto. Oh, the oh the uh, of that league headquarters okay. of um, that makes sense. The league here in Toronto. Yep. Uh, founded in 2007, so not too long ago. No, but um, that's, that is 12 years ago, though. I mean, in in uh, terms <laughs> of uh, it's NHL, not a, it's not NHL 150. is over 100 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But, uh, all-time point leader with 246 points, Caroline Oulet, I think. Yep. Uh, of Montreal. Yeah, it could be Oulet. Yeah. Um, Brampt- Brampton Canadets, uh, Thunder. Uh, were the first CWHL championship winners in 2008. Oh, okay. Um, Mont- uh, Montreal Stars. Uh, so obviously not uh, unless they've uh, turned into less Canadians than Montreal. Yeah. Um, were the first team to rank win uh, win the cup, which is the Clarkson Cup. Clarkson Cup, okay. Uh, which was, uh, t- I think it's 2009 as they brought in a cup to play for in the championship. Okay, cool. Um, and that's all I have so far. Okay. All right, good. Uh, Cliffy got one last little ditty for us, or did you get to the end of yours? Um, that was pretty much it for me. I'm okay, cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So well, sorry about that. So my my knowledge of women's hockey in the last couple of weeks has gone up about a thousand percent, and uh, and I'm really keen uh, to keep looking and watching and trying to figure out how we can um, get updates on scores and whatnot. I'm going to take a look over the next week and see what other women's leagues are out there. Um, just ones that where we can where we can proactively follow. So at the moment we got two leagues that we talked about there, and then then there's that British league that you mentioned, Cliffy. And somehow we can yeah. we can start to try and um, they're not massive leagues, so we probably could get to grips with the standings and whatnot fairly quickly. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know maybe even for uh, future shows, maybe get on some um, some players, maybe for a discussion. Absolutely, would love that. We're definitely going to start reaching out to uh, some pro women's hockey players and seeing if we can get some of them on. Finn, you got something? Yeah, I got one last thing. So the Brampton Canadets were the first team to win, as I said. Yep. Um, they actually, uh, they became the Markham Thunder. Okay. So which right. is so which is the, just a franchise, which is the new team. Um. Uh, but literally recently, so they became uh, Markham Thunder uh, in the 2017-18 season. Oh, okay. And then it says pl- playoff championships here. And uh, it looks like it's, they also won a few... Oh, they were originally in um, the NWHL. Oh, okay. Uh, so the league you're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, they're close together. If New York and uh, Toronto are very far apart physically. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, right. Well, listen. I'm looking at the clock here, and we should probably keep moving along and let let uh, Cliffy get off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my uh, my wife is uh, currently trying to beckon me for tea. She sent me a, a WhatsApp. So um, <laughs> I've I've, re- I've recently got married in August, and um, yeah, you know the saying, "Happy wife, happy life." So uh, absolutely, definitely, absolutely. Want to, definitely well, want to keep her happy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we we know the score. If the boss is calling on WhatsApp, you gotta go. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, great great to have you on again, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for um, t- uh, t- telling us what's happening around the uh, British leagues, both uh, the men's and women's hockey. So um, great to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure as always, guys. Well, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to having you on next time as well. So we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, will do. Take care, guys. Okay, cheers, Cody. Cheers. Bye. A nice guy. 
uh, was I was lucky enough to play hockey with him, which is how I met him when I uh, skated with the um, Sheffield Ice Tigers a couple times. Such a great guy, uh, and looking forward to having him on again. So, um, but I know you've got some a bit uh, a bit more Leaf stuff. Yeah. So the last couple of Leaf stuff, uh, as we kind of briefly mentioned uh, in the when we were talking about the Buffalo game uh, earlier in the podcast, uh, John Tavares Day. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah, this is a real thing. Yeah, this was a genuine thing. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, it actually might have been Adam Wilde of the Steve Dangle podcast who started trend with the started trending with the hashtag uh, John Tavares Day To. Oh yeah, and um, it basically just started trending until the mayor of Toronto yeah. tweeted out tweeted out um, uh, saying thank you to John Tavares and that uh, Toronto will always be his home and that he'll always be welcome here. Um, yeah, which is a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, and then said hashtag John Tavares Day. So and John Tavares has been dedicated a day. <laughs> that is wicked. And that's all uh, sort of in response to him getting a rough ride from the, uh, the the Islanders fans and stuff, which we talked about uh, earlier. Yeah. So cool. That's cool. John Tavares Day. Everyone needs to mark it in the counters. Second of March Every is year. John Tavares Day. Awesome. I can't wait for the next one. Exactly. I got a year, um, year to shop around to get him something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but talking, talking about um, having a day, yeah. Um, shouldn't there be an Austin Matthews Day on the twelfth of October? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, it's interesting that you say that 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 Tavares gets picked for one, but I mean Tavares is a hometown guy. Matthews not a hometown guy. But what's your argument for having an Austin Matthews Day? Number one. Yeah. The reason twelfth of October. Yeah. Twelfth uh, of October, twenty sixteen. He scores four goals. Oh yeah. All four goals. Debut game. Debut NHL game scores four goals. That's um, yeah. That was amazing. People don't talk enough about that incredible performance. Yeah, no. The but the reason Austin Matthews should even be considered. Ah, uh, yeah. Tavares gets a hometown guy. Yeah, yeah. S- sticking with us, even though everyone's giving all the Islanders fans are giving him like all that. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Austin Matthews, he he gets drafted here first overall. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He, he number one. Uh, he plays his flipping heart out. Yeah, that's true. Franchise player for us. Totally. He's going to be the net, the one of the next John Tavares players that everyone will be looking to get. For sure. And uh, he technically had the option to go to free agency and join his hometown team, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. He s- chose to stick with the Leafs. And isn't it, uh, isn't it 30, is he 13 mil? Is that his contract? Yeah, I think so. But for a player like Matthews, he could he could have easily asked for a bit more. Uh yeah, well somebody Te- else had more cap space. Yeah, technically he could have asked for more, and the Arizona Coyotes have the cap space that he, that could probably give it to him. Yeah. Yet he chose to stick with Toronto. Yeah. And he and uh, he chose to take a bit of a pay cut as well. Okay. Which I think <laughs> deserves deserves right. that kind of thing. And he's um, Andy uh, in going back to going all the way back to the All Star game where where he did that awesome thing for Patrick Marleau. Just That's shows right. how classy that guy is. He is classy. He o- he only speaks good about Toronto. Um, he is also one of the biggest Yuka players. Uh, oh, we love Yuka fan love players, Yuka, don't we? Yeah, and he's uh, he'd never heard of the game before he came to Canada. Yeah, and he <laughs> I saw an interview with Mitch Marner, and he apparently he it's his favorite card game to play. Yeah, well, it should be guys. it should be everybody's favorite card game. Exactly, pretty much the best, card best game, game in the world. Well, that's a pretty solid argument. You heard it here first, uh, folks. Finn uh, says October twelfth for Austin Matthews Day. We'll uh, remind you as it gets closer. Yeah. And maybe we could start our own little uh, social media campaign. Yeah, we'll start tre- trending the hashtag Austin Matthews Day. We'll probably wait till a little bit closer. 
Yeah, things that that uh, that like month has passed. Well, I mean, by a while. <laughs> well, and the next one is a while off. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, good idea. Um, and then I just want kind of want to finish the show with a kind of a kind of question debate thing. Oh. Which which could which could be we could always kind of end a podcast with this kind of just kind yeah, of yeah, it's a good just, idea. Just kind of talking about a to- talking Depending. about a topic. Yeah, what do you got? So I have two questions. Okay. First of which. Who do you think is the most underrated player on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, that is a that that's a tough one because in a way, I mean half the team is underrated. Do you know what I mean? We talk see, we seem to talk about you talk about Mitch, Austin, Tavares, uh Nylander. Nylander always gets talked about. Uh Freddie, obviously. Riley, Gardner. Well, see now you're getting a, so Gardner for sure. Um, but then you get into guys like Riley. He doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, Dermot doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, Zaitsev, one of my favorites, the goat. Um, also Hainsey, <laughs> personal. I'm a personal, uh, uh, personal, personal hero of mine. Um, we and through all that, I've never even mentioned Kadri. Yeah, but he's a big, big player, right? Uh, so and there's loads of other guys that we haven't even mentioned yet. Um, so in terms of the most underrated player, I'm gonna say Hainsey. Okay. I, I I think that lots of people rate him. Yeah. But, but I rate him really highly. I think he's a great solid player, and um and that's why he's first line defense. Uh, yeah. But I think that people just sort of take it take him for granted. P- people are constantly on about talking about Jake Gardner, this Jake Gardner, that, you know, love him, hate him, whatever. He's a good player, blah, blah, blah. Overlooking the fact that they're sitting on the point all the time is rock solid Hainsey. Um, always putting up points for on assists and whatnot and pops in the occasional goal as well. I'm going to go most underrated player, uh, Hainsey. So you've picked Ron Rock, uh, rock Solid Hainsey. This is nickname for now, Ro- Rock Solid. Okay. N- another thing going to be trending here. <laughs> rock solid Hainsey. Yeah. Run rock solid Hainsey. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. What about you? Were you are you going to offer your? Yeah. Okay. I cool, will. Man. So, one of the guys you failed to mention here. Oh no. Andreas Janssen. Oh Janssen, of course. He is. See, this is unbelievably what I said. It's like half sick. the team that are underrated. But yeah, he is amazing. Janssen gets paid seven hundred fifty thousand yeah, on an okay. entry level deal to play. Yeah, and he's one of the top point guys on the Leafs. From my opinion, maybe even one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Yeah, oh, you may be right. Um, so my pick for this whole thing is going to be Andreas Janssen. All right, okay. You've had longer no. to think about it because you made up the question. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, another justification for this. Yeah, go on. As if you'd need one. Kapanen and, and Janssen oh God, we and Matthews have been on the same Kapanen. line. Kapanen has been talked about since he played like really well at the start of the season. Yeah, that's right. Austin Matthews is Austin Matthews. Yep. Andreas Janssen never really gets talked about yeah. as much as the other two. Sitting even there though on the wing, I'm putting points up on the board. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure Janssen has more points than um, Matthews and Kapanen in the last, I'd say, 10 games. Hmm. So, yeah, my pick for most underrated player on the Toronto Maple Leafs is Andreas Janssen. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Good argument. Right. So. Uh, uh, one more question. Yeah, we'll have I'm one more question. I'm looking at the clock here. We've yeah. Time for maybe one more. We only have one more. Uh, so, this is kind of, th- this is pretty much linked as well. I want to know your most underrated player in the whole of the NHL. Oh. Any player in the NHL. The most underrated player. 
in the whole of the NHL. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. See, the problem is, is there's, there's going to be loads of guys I don't even know exist. That is pretty much true, yeah. You know, every single team, with the exception of the Leafs, probably is going to have players on it that I don't even know who they are. Yeah. So I'm going to pick that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you must have someone in mind, though. I kind of have someone in mind. I don't know how how good it is compared to some of the other players. Yeah. I, I know quite a few players. Well, that, I'm going to chew on that question until our next episode, but you tell me who you got in mind. I was kind of thinking, he hasn't really been talked about much. He's been he's an all-star. Okay. All right, that's a good place to start. Huge point scorer. Yeah. Leading point scorer on, those, on his team. Okay. Yet you never see his name ever pop up on NH- really on NHL. Like on on NHL, you basically hear loads about Crosby, McDavid, Matthews, and Ovi. That's pretty much all the all the guys you, you ever really hear about. Brad Marchand. So my pick. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 no, I was gonna say Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Just because I'm actually gonna bring this up real quick, um, because I'm pretty sure. So uh, Calgary are having a great season this year. Um, the second in the league above both us yeah, Leafs, Bo- and Boston. Leafs playing uh, Calgary soon? I think so. Uh, you don't have to look it up. I'm pretty sure they are. I'm pretty sure I saw one of my friends uh, yeah. who lives in Calgary uh, got some tickets to the Calgary uh, tomorrow. Toronto. Yeah. It's tomorrow in Calgary. Cool. Um, oh, I've lost it now. Uh, but yeah, they're second in the league behind Tampa. Yeah. 89 points. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, substantial. Five, five points in front of us in the same amount of games played. Yeah. Um... If I try and bring up the roster super quick here, um, look at Johnny. Look at let's look at John, Johnny Gaudreau here. Yeah. So, um, he is same height as you. All right, six foot two. Uh, like I thought I was going to say six foot five, but yeah, yeah, we'll go uh, six. Five I'm nine. Five yeah, nine. he's he's five foot nine. Um, he has played sixty-five games. Right. That's that's a healthy amount of games in the season. Yeah. Uh, he's a plus minus of plus uh, 16. Right. 30 goals. Okay. 53 assists. That's good. 83 points. Excellent. So he is, um, yeah, he's lead- leading uh, point person on Calgary. Um, and I just don't think he gets all the recognition that he deserves with that uh, amount other of points. Than, other than if you're a Calgary fan. Yeah. I mean... Um, no, I, you never, uh, I mean, I'm just whizzing through my various uh, social feeds here. And, you know, you, you're right. He never comes up. But he is ru- he is a great player. Yeah, he he has more points than um, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner's in the top 10 in the league. Yeah, that, yeah, that is good. So, no, which means good. that he must be literally, uh, not not Kucherov, he hit, he's already hit 100. But he's got to be just, just behind McDavid, I'd say. Yeah, must be. Um, All those Western Canada guys. Yeah, but he just never gets talked about, I don't think. And um, <laughs> we just looked at his points here. 83 points in 65 games. Yeah, that is that's big. That's Those are big pretty numbers. great. That's and awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, good idea. Um, right, we better get out of here. Yeah. So okay. you want to you wanna shout out anyone quick before we leave? Yeah, quick, so a couple quick shout outs. Uh, our great friends at Crosscheck Clothing. Um, check them out online. Uh, they're... Um, based in Rotherham here in England, um, put out some amazing, really sick designs for um, hockey stuff, if you're into hockey, and uh, good quality clothes. Uh, our great friends um, at the Sports Screen, 
who are uh, back in Ontario. Uh, one of the probably the best designed uh, training hockey training aids that you can get. We've got one here at our place. Um, actually, Ian Clark from All Star Sports. Not just a shout out, a big congratulations. I believe he got married over the weekend. Um, so uh, congratulations, Clarky, And uh, I believe his wife is Sarah. Uh, well done, you guys. And uh, so All-Star Sports in, uh, here, almost local to us in Swindon. Great shop. Check them out. Puck Stop, another great shop in Sheffield. Yep. And uh, anybody else? Hmm? Uh, Bionic Skate Blades. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, our friends at Bionic. My... Probably one of my favorite things about my kit, even though I've got my uh, nice APX twos, yeah, skate blades on the bottom pretty much make all the difference. Mm. They're super light compared to I've I've still got my old blades just mm -hmm. in case anything ever happens. Yeah, um, but <laughs> but the weight difference is actually genuinely noticeable. Yeah, it's huge, and it's uh, and yeah, look, look nice with my nice red blades <laughs> yeah, when I rock up do, to games. They do look awesome too. Cool. Okay. Well, listen. Let's jump. Thanks for listening, everybody. We totally appreciate it. Find us on um, Instagram, Twitter. We got a website, uh, UK Hockey Fam. You'll find uh, find us anywhere. Just type it in Google, and we'll come up at all sorts of places. Uh, follow us back. Um, we'll be doing also all sorts of stuff on there. Find out what's happening with the wooden hockey sticks. Uh, and finally, if you like this podcast, do us a solid, and uh, just leave us a little bit of a review. Um, depending on where you are, it might be just leaving a few stars or even a couple words. We'd really appreciate it. We've had loads and loads, thousands and thousands of listens, which we really, um, we just can't believe and we're so um, proud of. Um, but almost nobody ever thinks to leave a review, and I'm guilty of that myself when I listen to other podcasts. So if you, th if you like it, please leave us a review. Anyway, we will see you midweek. Yeah, see you guys soon. All right, cheers. Best game you can name is the good old